even online today, still for multifamily on websites, you predominantly see pictures of the model unit and that's it. And so to actually see your unit experience the property, you still have to physically show up. And for a lot of people today, they either don't want to do that anymore or physically can't. The Bridge is a podcast for all businesses where the consumer purchase takes place at a physical location, but those same consumers are shopping and narrowing their choices down online. That jump from online to in-store is where most businesses struggle. Each episode, we'll focus on real strategies and examples from industry experts on how to dominate this complex and competitive environment by sharing the latest trends in technology and process. In this episode, you'll hear about virtual tours, a hot topic on the mind of businesses trying to replace in-person visits in the midst of COVID-19. RealLink is a video leasing platform for the multifamily apartment industry that instantly connects leasing professionals and prospects to tour communities. They joined Andy and Fabian to discuss everything from FaceTime to full enterprise solutions like their own, and I can't think of a better time to hear about this topic, so let's jump right in. Hey, everybody. I'm excited for this week. We have Matt Wyrick, the CEO, but we also have Jordan Easley, the Director of Ops, joining us. Matt, why don't you kind of walk us through a little bit about not only how you got started, but uh, also what it is that Reallink is doing. Yeah, so the the high level of Reallink, like you mentioned, video leasing solution for the multifamily space, apartment communities, senior living, student living, you name it, it allows that human-human interaction to happen no matter where someone may be moving from to, you name it. It's all about connecting two people to experience a space. And so they can do that via live video tours, picture like a FaceTime or a Skype for apartment communities, but they can also do their own pre-recorded video tours, allowing these consumers to experience a space on their own time, see the exact unit they could be living in, things like that. So really built out of personal need. And I was, you were the founder, right? Yeah, that's what I was getting yeah. ready to ask. Okay. So it was a, a personal pain point I had felt when moving from Purdue University up to Chicago. Um, I drove up to Chicago six weekends in a row to look at properties. And half the properties I looked at, I easily could have ruled out without making that trip up to Chicago. But... There was no way to really you saw some scary apartments. There were some. There were some scaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of views that were not pictured, and a lot of the unknowns that were easy. Just nope. Yep. Didn't check the box. Yeah. But online, even even still today, that was eight years ago now. But even online today, still for multifamily on websites, you predominantly see pictures of the model unit, and that's it. And so to actually see your unit experience the property, you still have to physically show up. And for a lot of people today, they either don't want to do that anymore or physically can't. We're a transient nation. People are moving across borders all the time now. And so it's getting harder and harder to expect that physical tour to happen. Um, And even a a recent survey was released that showed, what was it, Jordan, 16% of consumers no longer want to even visit the property. Mm -hmm. And so that's a powerful stat that shows more and more people flat out don't even want to go to the property. I always wonder if it's like a laziness stat for us as a a society (laughs) or if it's actually just kind of out of necessity. It's probably a little combination of both, right? Yeah, sure it is. Definitely a combination of both. Yeah. So that that move to Chicago kind of opened my eyes to that gap and opportunity. And uh, here we are six years later making it happen. 
So now that we're going to jump into it a little bit. So let's talk uh, easiest start, best, best possible use case. So I am a leasing agent. How do I see your lead uh, come across in the form of video? And what, what are, what's the best use case for you in terms of um, application as a leasing agent for the Reallink solution? Once a lead comes into the property and comes into that sales funnel for a leasing agent, that's really where the bulk of the Reallink use case lives. So say an online tool like Perk, a great lead comes into the community, then that leasing agent wants to establish that connection, have some sort of conversation, start the touring process, and get them to a lease as quickly and efficiently as possible. That's really where the majority of Reallink lives. So perfect use case, say a lead comes in through the website, filled out a form, know this person's looking for a one-bed, one-bath starting Jan 1. As a first contact with that person, a leasing agent can create a playlist of available one-bedroom units, send that playlist to that prospect, and the nice thing about it with Reallink, it creates unique links whenever they share that. And so I, the leasing agent, actually get notifications telling me what videos they're watching, when they're watching it, how many times they watch them. And so if I send a playlist of eight one-bedroom units, I can see that that lead watched this one three times more than all the others. So that already gives me a little more insight to know kind of what they're leaning towards. And then if they... And, and, and I'm recording it as a leasing agent? Majority of the time, a lot of those videos will already be created. Cloud-based, they can just automatically pull those and ship those off. So sometimes it's actually a facilitation of the video rather than me generating the video than sending it off. Exactly. Okay. If there is a gap, though, and uh, you're interested in a unit that I don't have a video for... The average unit takes 10, 12 minutes to record, and so it's super easy for the leasing agent to pop out, record that video, and have something that they can ship off. But that's usually a first contact, and they'll send community overview videos, sometimes an introductory video introducing themselves to the prospect, things like that. So just a lot of ways that uh, video can be used to establish that first connection. And then throughout the process, they can host a live tour if that person can't get to the property for two weeks, or if they are coming tomorrow, still sending those videos as a preview helps streamline the process. And ultimately, it's uh, trying to get them to see what they want to see quicker and sign on the line. Matt, uh, when you say a live tour, is that like somebody literally, like almost like a FaceTime, like someone's walking them through so they can like ask questions? Exactly, like FaceTime. Yep. So actually, the back when I had the original idea for Reallink was when FaceTime came out. So that was kind of that light bulb moment (laughs) of I absolutely would have used something like this to connect with a leasing team to walk through the space. So it's a real-time video, audio-enabled, device agnostic, so it doesn't have to just be on an iOS device. While the tour is going on, we can watch an interactive map of the area to drop pins, see how close the property is to work, school, parks, things like that. As the uh, attendee of the tour, I can capture photos, take notes, and then all of that gets saved and recorded as well. So even after that tour is done, if I wanted to send it off to my wife or a roommate or someone like that who may not have joined the live tour, I've got a link to that recording. Anecdotally, what's some of the feedback um, that you guys hear, Jordan, um, from customers that are leveraging the tool? Yeah, so Fabian, the question about FaceTime, you know, most teams are already doing something like this. They're just kind of cobbling together some sort of like, I'm going to use my personal phone to use FaceTime, and now some random prospect across the country has my phone number because I did FaceTime, right? So some of the anecdotal, you know, feedback we get is this is way better 
Uh, th- that stuff works, right? So doing FaceTime works. It helps them lease that Perfect, apartment. Yep. But there's a ton of gaps. There's a ton of inefficiencies. There's a ton of unideal, you know, sharing my phone number kind of things that happen when they're trying to do that on their own. So a lot of the feedback we get from our end users is this is, you know, making it way easier and we just feel way more comfortable doing this than we would otherwise. And anecdotally as well, one of the things that we do above and beyond just providing a technology, we actually mandate on-site training of every new multifamily property we roll out to. And so we physically can look someone in the eyes and see the fear they have doing video. And we can speak into that. We can train them through that. And so we're actually partnering with these owners, managers, developers to be an extension to make video a corporate strategy for them. The reason that we usually talk about um, anecdotes versus actual metrics is because the idea of a tool is always that it's fulfilling a need that's typically ideally based in common sense, mm-hmm. right? To your point, they're hobbling something together already. We know the video is super powerful. Why don't we just use video for this purpose? Wow, it's got to work. But then you do it and you get some good feedback. You understand the use cases and now you have to start to get some metrics because the anecdotes don't necessarily validate the payment. So you guys, I'm sure, have as you've already kind of alluded to a little bit, a lot of metrics that you talk about. How do you boil those metrics down into two things? A, proof that there is a return, and B, the ability to understand how that team, that on-site team can improve by leveraging um, the digital leads and turning them into in-person sales or maybe just straight to sale, if we want to call that e-commerce. At the end of the day, because we are in that leasing process, the big metrics that we're hitting are conversion rates, sales cycles, and sight unseen leasing. And so we're really, the the number one thing that we're tracking is, are we impacting the conversion rate? Are we helping them convert more people from inbound lead to sign lease? Which, thankfully, because that is the number one metric that we are reporting, tracking against, we're doing really well on that front. We've seen upwards of 60-70% conversion rates, which is unheard of in the industry. On average, well, there is no great average. Everyone tracks it differently. But yep. on average, roughly about 12-15%, maybe 20% on the high end. Yep. And our, That's what we see. Yep. Exactly. And we are very comfortable saying that we can come in, and if they're doing really effectively, integrated into their daily workflow and processes – we can double those. And we have people that are more than doubling that. Yeah. And so that's a really, really impactful number because they can do less work and be more effective and efficient. So let's stay on that one for a second. So in order to do that, you're basically saying every lead that goes into a CRM, you're matching against lease data and then also matching it against videos that were used during inside of your platform. So kind of a three-way match that gets to the, gets to the upwards of 60% number. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So we're, we're really, a lot of people calculate conversion rates differently and lead attribution and all of this stuff, but we really look at the lead came in and the lead signed the application and leased and moved in and all that. So that's, that's literally the world that we're living in. Yeah. Um, it, it gets a little confusing because even though Reallink is a video leasing solution, Teams are also using it for marketing and putting their videos on social media and on their website, up in the perk integration. And then they're using it later down the funnel as well for resident engagement. A lot of teams are making maintenance videos to streamline their maintenance and decrease Uh. number of tickets and things like that. So there's a lot of this other value that our platform delivers 
but we're really really trying to hone in and really focus on reporting uh, on the leasing success metrics that I mentioned. No, that makes perfect sense. So that that call that the value, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's when the the regional managers or the owners of the properties or the marketers are going, okay, yeah, this is worth the return of your uh, of your cost. And then there's the the benefit of the conversion funnel or the usage of the platform. So. Uh, Jordan, when you're training the on-site teams and they start to see these metrics come to life, what what metrics are you sharing with them and how are you using the tool to help them improve their ability to sell? Yeah, I think the great thing is we're providing real-time analytics on who's viewing these videos and when. So we're equipping them regularly, daily, ideally, that, hey, this person just watched a video. Um, And that's putting, you know, real-time data in their hands to say, if I've got a ton of leads that I need to be managing, how do I cut through this big stack of leads, how do I figure out the ones that I should be following up with and when should I be following up with them? So, um, you know, being able to show someone, someone's viewed this video four times since you sent it to them yesterday afternoon or, hey, this person ghosted three weeks ago and now they're engaged again. Now we know who we should be following up with and when. Um, so that's definitely, you know, our system provides that kind of numbers regularly on, you know, and instantly as those views come in. As far as kind of the, the bigger bigger picture, kind of monthly metrics, it's really just helping them see, hey, you've got 10 leases this month that came just from people who watched a Reelink video. So that's the easiest lease that you're ever going to get. We had a kid in Cincinnati who, I say kid, he's, he's an adult, he's you know, 24, <laughs> but he, he sent a video to someone in Germany. So this is a great thing. This guy's moving from Germany different time zone. I don't know when he's actually going to watch these videos, yeah. right? So he sends videos to this guy. He watches them. He gets those notifications at 11 o'clock at night that this guy's watching a video or whenever it was. And he follows up with them. And he's like, yeah, I just happen to be watching the video right now. Like, I had a couple questions. He ends up getting that lease. And his, and his thought, in his mind, he's like, I had a, a phone call with this guy to figure out what he wanted. I sent him a few videos for options, and I got a lease. For getting a commission on that lease, he's not, like, it's not going to be easier for him. We ended up having that, that property. The owner wanted to, to remove our product from their budget that leasing agent called the owner and fought to keep us because he believed in us so much. So those are the things where when it does start to click, when they start to see yeah. like this is a, you know, if I've been doing this on my own, this is just a way easier way to do it. It's safer, but it's, it's allowing me to do it a lot more than I would have because it's more efficient. And then also this inside of getting those view notifications and being able to see those uh, come through in real time and take advantage of that. Those are game changers for these team members. So do you think about the best application of follow-up post me seeing that they're being notified that there's a video is a phone call is their ability for them to engage outside of that just thinking out loud here so you know if i watch the video then i get a phone call is that is that typically the process for the sales is that a best practice i would say phone call or email okay um, it just kind of depends on i mean everybody's got a different level of comfort with being on the phone being on email texting some teams don't have the ability to text anyway just yep. because of legal reasons or you know, there are tools out there they could buy, but for budget reasons, they don't have that. So um, I'd say most common is probably an email follow-up with those folks Yeah. Um, just because it's easier. And then, you know, they can read that email on their own time. I think probably it's more successful if you pick up the phone and call uh, most of the time. But a lot yeah. of those team members, it's not common because a lot of those people aren't as comfortable with that. I want to ask you a question kind of going back to when you guys first started and what kind of integrating or, or getting that first client was like and what you learned through that experience. So talk about... What, what that process was like, what you learned, and, and kind of what you changed after the fact. Yeah, if anyone ever asks my co-founder and I what the biggest lesson learned we've had so far in building the business has been, it's 
always product market fit and sprinting to that and finding that as quickly as possible because the really the first year and a half almost two years of the business we were going after real estate agents and brokerages on the for sale side we were working with commercial brokers we were working with all these different segments of the real estate industry because we thought we could be a real estate tool and that was our product market fit and we even at one point had an RV dealership that wanted to use our platform to sell RVs. And we were like, yeah, why not? Revenue. <laughs> and it was awful. And so we, looking back, our very first multifamily partner was Waterton Residential up in Chicago. And we really didn't know much about the multifamily industry at that point. We, we started with three communities for them. And talking about the metrics and those success numbers that you see, they were night and day what we were seeing with anyone else that was using the platform to that point. And so we actually took that one multifamily client, decided to go to an industry conference, NMHC Optech. We got chosen to pitch in the launchpad pitch competition. It was a crowd vote for who won. No one had heard about us, and we took second place to a company that was doing 20x our revenue and had been in the industry for five years already. And so that was really eye-opening for us about just how relevant our product was to the industry. And we really leaned into those success metrics that we were collecting from Waterton and decided to put all the other noise behind us and went 100% all in on multifamily. And it literally changed the course of our business to where we are today. And so that's one of the things we preach anytime anyone asks us about any startup tips, find your product market fit. And I think one of the challenging things with that is that you go into it thinking, this is what we want the product to look like. This is how we want people to use it. And the reality is they, they're coming from a certain way of doing business. And, and at some point, you kind of have to meet them where they're at, even when you don't want to. That's so, right. And we built a product that's like, hey, we want to be able to work with anybody anywhere. We're going to train them via webinar, et cetera. We're a video technology, not a video agency, right? We're trying to set that separation between you're used to working with a video agency that you just pay to come to a video. There's a value in that, but we do something different. Yep. Uh, we realized that we needed to start offering some video agency-like services to get people to say yes, because it's a little more familiar with them. They already have budget for it. So we go in and say, hey, when we train you, we're going to create some video content for you. But instead of just getting one video that's really high production value, you're going to get five videos that are more real and showing the real thing. But that's kind of how yeah. we meet them where they are. And so yeah. we saw a lot of success in actually, obviously, sales because now people have budget that they can just reallocate rather than needing to create additional budget. But we saw a lot more success in our clients because instead of relying on their teams to start creating content from scratch, they're starting with some content that's useful right away. Yeah, and that's evolving as well. I mean, you know, there's there's... You would have never thought even 10 years ago that you would create a video on your own and put it on your website. Mm -hmm. And now the technology in and of itself and the ability of what you can even just do on your phone in terms of a video that's acceptable uh, and that serves a purpose is available. And it's just mid, you know, kind of bridging the gap between me feeling comfortable with the functionality so that I can put it out there um, versus spending having Mark, Martin Scorsese direct my next right. uh, tour of our one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> And there are platforms that make it so much easier, not just like us, to create that video content in a polished, professional way, but platforms that make it easier to get those onto the website in a way that actually converts, a.k.a. Perk. Yeah. And so I, that was one thing that really led us to partner with Perk 
was our customers asking to get their videos onto the website. And technically, anyone, any Reelink user can generate the embed code for a video and slap it onto their website. Slap it on, put it onto their website. <laughs> and it's great. It can get the video up there. They can track the views and all that. But it's not necessarily built to convert. Whereas with Perk, it's a smart experience that puts those videos in front of the website visitor when they're best used and yeah. best meant to be there. When they're ready for the video. Exactly. Yep. And it's turned into a highly converting website experience for our mutual clients and something that we really, I mean, even two years ago would have never really thought much yeah. about, but here we are today and it's a huge partnership that is paying dividends to our clients. Awesome. All right. So what's next? So we've talked about your core solution and what you guys are working on and, and, and the benefits of that. And now you're because of product market fit and more importantly, the fact that you have a bunch of customers that are utilizing it, utilizing it very well. They typically have ideas. Those ideas are usually much better than the ideas that are generated inside of four walls of the business itself. Uh, so uh, how do you how are you assimilating those ideas and, and what's that going to turn into in, in the form of a, a roadmap or increased functionality or? Yeah, it's a it's a fun place to be as a business right now. I I remember years ago when if anyone asked us about product, we were worried about sustainability and it not crashing. And so we we've got a stable Which is a real thing. Exactly. <laughs> our our product is stable, the core functionality is there and now like I mentioned, Jordan is running these surveys and focus groups and getting out in front of our clients and our audience to really impact where we're going next. And so it's direct client feedback that is guiding all of our development and our pipeline and roadmap on that side of the business. And really the, the two big pillars, I would say, are partnerships and integrations and data and analytics. We do have an analytics panel. We recently launched a monthly email that sends all the stats and puts them into our corporate stakeholders' hands. And there's a lot more data on the back end that we can do a lot more with. Yep. And because we are that connection point between a leasing agent and a consumer, we can collect a lot of unit-specific data that is invaluable to these developers to know what consumers are really inspired by what they want what they like does this have does the granite countertop actually make you want to lease this more or mm -hmm. do you not care about it does, yeah is a fireplace a big thumbs up or do you not care about it that sort of unit specific data so there's there's a, a lot of fun stuff in the pipeline that we yeah. can uh, use to help impact a lot of future decisions both from a leasing standpoint and potentially even a development standpoint yeah. as well and data is a funny thing because the balance isn't the fact that everybody wants it, but what they really want is the, the action that comes from it or the application as a result of needing to understand the analysis to find the action. My recommendation for anyone that's not doing video today, just try it. It's DIY. It's simple. All you need is what's always in your purse or pocket. Yeah, I would just say just everybody's had that experience where you've gotten a text message or an email and you totally misunderstood the context of what was being said. Or you've gotten the email that's way too long because they're trying to communicate too much in that email. So you just think about those experiences. If you haven't tried video in your business, think about those experiences where you've had that happen to you. And just imagine that if there was a video instead where you could control the tone, the personality, you had a visual there to help communicate things. 
that email that takes 10 minutes to read might be a one and a half minute video that could be way more effective. Um, so th- first off that, but then also the idea that this video can be used, you can make the video work for you. So again, our platform is tracking the data related to that video that is more reliable than sending them an email and hoping that they opened it. We're able to tell you how many times they watched that video, that kind of stuff. So um, you can find platforms out there in your business that will help you not only use video to communicate more effectively, you know, especially in a space where you have someone buying a physical product that's they're starting the search online. If you have a physical product, you should be using video, not just email. And I think probably even instead of just even saying just try it, it's where we're going. Uh, you can figure out, uh, you can wait until be the very last person on that adoption curve, or you can go ahead and maybe even get a little bit ahead, or maybe we're at the point where it's just kind of becoming the expectation um, that uh, people want to see it, and they don't want to see a static picture of it anymore, um, which is, I think, where we're at. Fellas, we really appreciate the time. Best of luck as you guys continue to grow. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Bridge. If you like what you heard, be sure to jump into the conversation online by following The Bridge Pod hashtag on LinkedIn. And as always, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks and stay well.